If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. You've probably heard that you are the average of the five people that you hang out with. Today, I want to encourage you to stop and reflect for a moment. Who are you actually spending your time with? Are these supportive, encouraging people that are motivated action takers and that share a common dream to live a life that's full and fulfilled? Or are they more unhappy, unmotivated, and stuck and pulling your energy, energy, energy vampires, as we like to say, or are they somewhere in, in the middle? Either way, whoever you surround yourself has a, has a ripple effect on the results in your life. So the good news is that surrounding yourself with high achieving, motivated, happy people that, that are moving toward the best version of themselves will affect you and accelerate your success. How do I know this? I've been running mastermind groups for over eight years now, and I see it day in and day out. The most important element of your success is who you surround yourself with. So what are you doing about that? And that's the whole point of this show, listening to people that have a different perspective, people that are successful, people that maybe you want to get to know and reach out to, give you their contact information. However, when you're ready to truly start your path toward financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, then find out what mastermind fits for you. All you have to do is to go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. Jump on a call with one of my directors of opportunity and then find out if it's a fit for you. Today's guest is one of my favorite people on the planet. Preston Smiles and I met through social media initially. I went and did one of his courses, The Bridge Method, and I have become a raging, raving fan of his because he represents a very unique niche of a masculine man who's become a father, who is an amazing husband, and who helps men really find their center and get connected to overcoming some of the trauma from their childhood. So you're going to absolutely love this particular conversation. He's a unique, playful, dynamic, funny, quirky character, but he really, really has a perspective on life that I think every man should hear, and every woman, when she hears it, is going to appreciate the fact that she, they should maybe send their man to spend some time with my dear friend, Preston Smiles. So please help me. Uh, welcome, Preston, to today's podcast. Ooh, ooh. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Good to see so you. We've known each other for a few years, and I, I discovered you online, and I thought, what a beautiful soul. What a gorgeous, gorgeous soul, and the world needs more of Preston Smiles, and you've been out there doing your thing all around the world. Why don't you tell the audience, most of them probably know you, but for some of those that don't, tell us a little bit how you got to where you are. Yeah, man. It, that's a complicated, long, beautiful, amazing story, which I'll give, I'll give sort of cliff notes. Um, 
I was born, and my mom was literally at my house yesterday when we were talking about this. She was saying how, you know, in the 80s, they didn't really understand that when somebody was quote unquote special, that that meant that they were, they just didn't think like everyone else. Uh, so the way that they, my parents and the world viewed me was that I was like stupid, like I was retarded, uh, and that, excuse my language, but that's how, you know, it was presented in, in the 80s. And uh, because of that, I was placed in special education classes and you know, I am pretty nuts, but I'm definitely not mentally ill per se. Uh, and so I made up a lot of stories about myself. I was dumb. I was less than. And this imposter syndrome instantly came up. Like I'm literally like seven, eight years old. And I already feel like I am not enough, you know, creates toxic shame for me as a person. Uh, not just the fact that I'm dyslexic or anything like that. And so I ended up joining a gang and started smoking weed when I was 11. Uh, one of my friends died, got shot in the face when I was 15, and that scared me enough. I ended up moving away from California to uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I went to a school that happened to be all uh, white or all Caucasian and uh, realized quickly that everybody's dealing with the same stuff and, and that the kids at my former school were doing the exact same thing, but going to jail. And these kids at this new school were doing, you know, smoking weed, drinking, listening to Tupac, Outkast, and Biggie, but they were going to Yale. And it really just opened up a space for me to see what was possible, right? It's, it's all you need is a little glimpse, a glimpse of what's possible, a glimpse of what we would call the matrix and how it's very difficult to rise to low expectations. And uh, we're all collectively co-creating this world we live in and you know the 15 year old version of me recognized that what was being co-created for people who happened to be uh, afro amazing wasn't necessarily one of flowers in the park and so after going through quite a journey um, and ending up in college and cheating my way through college because i still felt like like i was less than and then going to grad school and deciding not to cheat just to see what I would be made of and, and graduating with a 4.0 from Louisiana State University. I moved to LA, became an actor, got really sick because of all the stress that was on my body for uh, you know, 20, really 24 years. Um, and uh, it was my heart. And many people in my family had died from heart conditions. My dad recently died six months ago uh, oh, from, no. from that as well. Um, and so as a 25 year old, I didn't want to die. And so I made some drastic changes around my diet and around how I was thinking and stressing. And literally, uh, I became known as this sort of like, uh, they called me a black Buddha, uh, in the, in, the, in like the Hollywood space. And I ended up coaching a lot of people for free. And then realizing that coaching was an actual industry and people get paid for it and creating a YouTube channel and speaking all over the world, 6,500 people, 2,000 people here. Like I was just, I just started speaking everywhere. And um, I created this movement called the Love Mob, which was organized acts of love. And we started doing these huge events. And I just got thrust into leadership, man. And, you know, sort of wrap it all up. I realized that out of that pain was, and that rejection was actually a beautiful d direction. It gave me purpose. It gave me, it, it revealed my calling. And I said yes 
and, and the universe has been um, guiding me and guarding me uh, every step of the way. And so, you know, here I am now. This, I do want to uh, specify this because I think that it's important. Uh, I came, you know, I literally created a business from nothing, took no loans, did nothing, just literally me and my hard work and coaches and mentors. And for the last three years, we've been in that million dollar range. And, and this year we'll go to, to three. And so it's just been beautiful and an amazing testimony to be able to say like, you know, if I can, you can. And yeah, it's been magic. Yeah, great, great, beautiful story and um, heartfelt. I want to ask you specifically something about the disease of I'm not enoughness that is around the world. And the media sells into that and people try everything, right? They try Viagra, they try cocaine, they try all the different things. And certainly I've tried a variety of them throughout my life. And I've also tried massive success in business and significance here and everything to quiet that voice of I'm not enough. Yep. And you do a lot of work with people in that area. Mm -hmm. What, what kind of conclusions have you come to um, that will help people? Because I'm going through well, my 24th day of doing 75 days of yoga. Mm. And what I'm learning about myself at this point is one of the biggest gifts I can give myself is just self-acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. It's so simple, but it's just like the little six-year-old boy in me needs to, be, needs to hear, you know, good job. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll break it down like this. So uh, in, in my teachings, there are four aspects to what it means to be human. So we are biological beings. We are linguistic be beings, which means we build worlds with our language. We are social and historical beings, and we are quantum beings. Now, I'm going to go back to number three, social and historical which means we were born into beliefs and interpretations. So for one to really understand the truth about them, uh, and I'm, I'm going to say the lowercase t truth, not a capital T truth, because the capital T is that we're all pure love in a space. Uh, there's a logical part of us that understands that, but it doesn't land in the cells of our body yet per se, until we can separate ourselves and understand how the person that we are claiming to be isn't actually who we are, but rather who we became based on the social and historical programming. Got it. So I share a story. Uh, I have a beautiful wife. We're pregnant with twins. We have a two-year-old. And uh, I remember the first year we were together, I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew she was my one. And every time we would go to brush our teeth at the end of the night, I would get extremely triggered, like a visceral, like body, like, oh, uh, every time she put toothpaste on her toothbrush. And what I was noticing was that she was putting so much toothpaste every single time. And it, it almost, it like annoyed me. And, you know, at that time we had already been in this work deep and teaching this work. And so I asked myself a powerful question, which is like, what, where do I think this comes from? And is this the pattern? And I sat in it and, and recognized that and went far enough back to realize that ever since I was a kid, my mom would say, oh, well, here's your lunch money. Here's $5. And I'd say, here, take three back. I'll just take the two. And I remembered that 
my mom would unconsciously sort of, because my mom's an accountant, uh, but she also grew up in Watts, California in the 70s, 60s and 70s, uh, in a two-bedroom house with eight people with rats and roaches crawling over her, and they had to skip meals. And so my mom made a declaration at, I think she was 13, that she would never live like this ever again, and none of her kids would if she ever got pregnant. And she, quote unquote, worked her way out of the ghetto. Well, what didn't work its way out was the paradigm and the mentality that was, that was like stuck in her body. And what she did was unconsciously pass that to my sister and I. And so this sort of false humbleness that I was operating from, that people would see and go, oh, wow, he's so humble, was really just all of her scarcity and her lack and limitation passed on to me. And so even though I was living in this Dennis the Menace sort of upper middle class neighborhood, I was carrying her Watts, rats and roaches, to, you know, two bedroom house with eight people mentality. And when my wife was putting this toothpaste on the toothbrush, what was happening for me was that I was, <laughs> all of my scarcity and lack and limitation was coming up around, whoa, that's another $8. We're going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to figure out how to buy toothpaste every four days if we keep going, <laughs> you know, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I get it. I get it, man. Yes. So. So all of that was playing out in this little minuscule uh, sort of thing. Yeah. And so I, I hope that sort of opens the space up for people to understand how you can pull out the microscope because the moment I recognized that that was happening, I then had choice, right? Awareness comes before choice. So the moment we have an awareness of something, we can then make a new choice about it, a new thought about it, a new action about it. And so instead of me blaming and being triggered by her, I was still triggered. It's still to this day, I still, it still lands in my body. Um, however, I no longer blame her for it. I no longer claim it to be who I am, but rather who I became based on the circumstances of the social and historical programming. And so we can literally recreate a new identity once we understand the one that was, uh, we inherited. My gosh, thank you so much. It's such a great story and powerful because... My book that I first wrote is The Power of Your Identity. Mm. And all of these labels and situations and unconscious beliefs and interpretations that have been absorbed by us, mm -hmm. unconsciously, mostly, unaware. Yep. And then a situation like that, that I'm sure many people can relate to myself would be, I might be triggered, I might get pissed off, I might argue or, or I might get quiet, I might pull back, I might pretend that I don't want to be intimate that night because inside I'm hurt, I'm afraid, I'm pissed off, I have scarcity running through my body. Yep. And then the next day I wake up and she's mad at me and it can snowball and, and you don't even know why. Is that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right on point. It's, uh... so, so many poor people, souls out there are struggling with these triggers that they don't even know exist. Mm -hmm. And they end up using different things like, well, you know what, if that's the way it's going to be, I got to, I got to work an extra 20 hours a week and then they're a bad father and then they're not mm -hmm. home and then the wife gets upset and it all unravels because of these unconscious patterns. Well, so what also happens rock is that uh, it, it becomes very easy to make our partners or whoever is triggering us the enemy. 
and it in instantly becomes this sort of rivalry and you know there's even even all the stuff around toxic masculinity right like i don't even i don't believe in toxic people at all uh, i think we have some toxic behaviors and there's toxic combinations but a lot of times we just sort of like box people in to these identities based on our own wounds and we don't realize that we brought that backpack full of those wounds and all they were was the lighter fluid to to ignite what was already existing within each and every one of us. And so that's why it's so important to bring an awareness to it because I could have easily made her an enemy in that process. And I was unconsciously doing it every time. And, you know, to this day, she still does that. Still. <laughs> yeah, well, she was brought up differently. I have a thing where whenever I got in trouble, my father would smack me across the side of the head to the point where my ears would ring. Uh -huh. And today... If anybody, like if I'm looking at the computer and one of my kids or a loved one comes beside me and chews yep. an apple or something near my ear, I literally want to punch them in the face. Yep. Yep. And For it's sure. just, it wells up in me. And so then I move away and I'm like, could you please eat over there? And they go, what's the big deal? Like relax. But they yep. have no idea where that comes from. And I've linked it back to that from the work and now I'm able to handle it better but yeah. like to your point, it's still, it still has some energy there. For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So are you going to share with us those other four things? You talked about the biology, you talked about the quantum physics. Can you expand on that or should we go in another direction? Uh, yeah, we can. I mean, uh, the biology and our biofeedback, uh, you know, one of the things we teach in our workshops is that uh, the body is a living library and it stores everything we've ever been through. Um, and you and I were just speaking about this literally just now. And so what's really important, because a lot of people think that talk therapy is enough. And what happens is, is people come into our workshops, which are very experiential and very confrontive and uh, you know, on your feet. This is not note taking, nor is it rah-rah, even though all those things are amazing. But what ends up happening is, is people have some of the biggest breakthroughs of their lives and they actually release some of the trauma that's been stored in their body. Mm -hmm. And so, that's that. Uh, linguistics is deeply important that we understand that we are, we are linguistic beings. Everything we do is in language. Every thought that we have is in language. And when we understand that, we can then build a different kind of world with our language. And it's all the little subtle things because everything is touching everything. These are compartmentalized. It's all happening at once. And, and then the last one, skipping to the fourth, uh, the quantum space, that's the one everybody's still guessing at. You know, it's, we want to call it a million things, but uh, at the end of the day, the universe, the Jesus, God, whatever we want to call it, it's just spirit moving to, through, and as each and every one of us. And uh, yep. So how old are you now? Uh, I will be 40 in uh, a few months in August. Okay. Zero. Birthdays with a zero often bring reflection. Mm -hmm. You're you're a father now. How has that changed your perspective on the world? Changed everything. Absolutely everything. Being a dad is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I'm sure you understand like that is, there is nothing like that has hit me harder than, you know, looking into my son's eyes and kissing him and then tackling him and <laughs> body slamming him and chasing him around and like all those things, man. Like I just, it's made me see on a deeper level that everybody is somebody's baby. And 
you know, it's very easy in, in our world to, to label enemies and make enemies. You know, I have a, a couple guys and this may trigger a few people immediately, but you know, I, I pride myself on authenticity and just speaking my truth. So there's a couple guys in the, in the, um, in a similar space who are like extreme Trump fans. And I've caught myself like wanting to dislike them for that reason. Mm-hmm. And, and then every time I look at my son, I realized and, and, and remember that, you know, outside of politics, outside of religion, outside of all of that stuff, everybody's somebody's baby. And everybody can find a way to believe they're right about what they believe in. And in so many ways, it doesn't matter. And in so many ways, it does. But my job is not to point a finger and uh, sort of wish harm on anybody or just like not like them because of their political, you know, stance. And so what I've been doing is every time I catch myself in one of those spaces, I just stop and send a silent blessing to that person. And it's helped me and, and, and imagine them, you know, like in the middle of the night with somebody like, you know, burping them or, or like, you know, trying to rub them to sleep or, you know, whatever the case may be, because, you know, or them being sick and their, their, their mom. Having empathy empathy and compassion. I get it. Absolutely. I get it. It's one of the things I'm working on. I grew up, the warrior muscle is easy for me. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you looking at? You want to go? Let's go. Yeah. It was, it was just the cannons, the walls went up, the cannons came out, the arm, you know, the artillery was there, but I've worked a lot on, on that side of myself. Let's talk a little bit about you've, you used, you know, you were part of a gang, you, you smoked, you probably drank, what have you. I think you've gone through a phase where you did no longer do that. And maybe you still don't. Mm-hmm. What have you used to handle? Cause a lot of people today are used to when they, when they so-called can't handle the stress, they can't handle reality, that things aren't going the way they want. They're unable to accept what is they reach out to something external to deal with it. Thousand percent. Yeah. What are the tools you use to deal with things or how have you mastered your mind for lack of a better term that could maybe be helpful for some people? Yeah, there's, there's quite in, uh, a bit in there. And yes, uh, I stopped smoking weed when I was 11. Okay. Um, and then I started back up again when I was 28, 27, and then, and then quit again at 29. And so, and then I also uh, didn't drink for, oof, I think it was 2012 to middle of 2019. So I make an enemy of those things. I, I make them a character and I make an enemy of them. And so I, I, I look at what they do to people and to a society. And then I sort of put them up against me as if it's me versus them, as opposed to it's a part of me. Mm-hmm. So, so when someone like, for instance, uh, when I first stopped drinking, I didn't know how to be in a club or a bar without doing that because I had linked fun with drinking. And so making that, even that idea an enemy, like what? Fun has nothing to do with drinking. And whoever fed me that idea, it's bullshit. So every time I would experience myself like awkward or not knowing how to have fun, I would turn the volume up on it to prove to that bullshit idea that it's not true. Got it. 
And so it was easy to disconnect. I disassociated from this identity that it was a part of me. Uh, that's one. I make an enemy of it. Two, uh, support. Short-term burst and support. So I like to, I have a company called Conscious Man Brotherhood, and we have a program called Man Cave and mm. King's Court. And in both of those, we have uh, men give up a vice for 90 days. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we help them understand and do is to replace that vice with something that is what they would deem healthier. And we tell them that they aren't quitting forever. That's one of the biggest problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the reason why I could go 10, 15 years without drinking or anything is because I never quit. I just didn't choose it anymore. Right. Right. It's like, oh, I don't choose it right now. Right. And, and knowing that I could always go back, which I did, right? Like I, in the middle of 2019, I made that decision. And one of the reasons I even made the decision is because I was using, oh, I don't drink and I don't smoke as a way to be better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And so just to break that up and, mm-hmm. and, start, and sort of take that away from my, my wounded ego, which was pretending to be my higher self, I drank. Because there was many times in Mykonos in 2018 and 2017 where I wanted to drink, but I didn't because of the identity that I had been attached to of me being better than everybody. And right. so it became another crutch and another thing that I was addicted to. Yeah. With, with that being said, to me, the biggest addiction that I've seen, you know, and I work with people all day, every day, and I've been doing it for many years, the biggest addiction I've seen ever is porn and masturbation. I've never seen anything more rampant than that. And when, when people have those, I highly suggest that they, that they let that go in a group. They let it go with support, mentorship, coaching, whatever the case may be, a buddy system, but they don't try to do it by themselves because that is, I won't say it's not, not possible. It definitely is possible to do it by yourself, but it's more. Uh, well, that is the, the definition of, of masturbation. Is it not doing it by yourself? True. <laughs> True. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I know. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that I'm, I'm working on is laughing more. Yes. Yes. For no reason. Just being silly and goofy and, and playful and creative. Yes. And so given an opportunity, I, I look for the laughter and things. So. For sure. So let's break that down for a second because my theory on masturbation and porn is a little bit that we all want to connect as humans. Mm-hmm. And we feel so disconnected, even though social media bullshit about being connected, but we feel so disconnected. We feel that our true selves is not enough and we've lost ourselves in our false self. And then we're like, I'm not good enough. I can't get the girl. I don't feel socially good, what have you. So Mm. porn becomes available where whatever you pay or you watch and you, and you connect with yourself and Mm. you don't have the fear of rejection and you have that moment of satisfaction, Mm. but it's empty obviously, but it's better than nothing. Right? Yes. I I agree with you. I'll just add that my belief is that a lot of well-meaning mothers uh, traumatize their kids, their sons. And but because most, most of us grew up spending more time with our moms than we did our dads. And most moms unconsciously tried to beat out every part of the masculine that they did not like 
in their mm. dad or the guy that cheated on them or the person they got pregnant with. And mm. what happens is, is when a boy who has all this testosterone and all of these different chemicals pumping, but it doesn't, there is no safe space to, to express that, to be his full wild self. Mm. Well, you know, after enough of that, especially if he's not playing sports, what he'll look to is to do anything that excites him and gets him on his edge and gets him off of this sort of mundane rat race living life. And so to me, the porn industry is gigantic for that reason mm. more than anything. It's just because people don't know how to be alive. They, don't, they, they haven't experienced it in so long. And there's an identity and an idea about what a good guy is that it's been almost beat out of them. And so yes. this is how they find it. Brilliant, brilliant insight. Wow, that's so great. Most people are not alive. They're not on their edge. They've had to mute themselves mm -hmm. and get permission to be, to be intense. Yep. And so then they get this moment where they can then have that. That's so, so interesting, fascinating. Yep. So if people want to have access to your wisdom, follow you, participate, I know you've got uh, different courses that you do, some public, some private, you've got some coaching, you've got some mastermind groups, you've got a bunch of stuff going on, you've got books, uh, you and your lady do some great things. I have mad respect for both of you. Um, give us, give us, you know, drop us where people can connect mm -hmm. with you and find you and follow you. I know they can just type in your name and they'll find you, but yeah. more specifically. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there's a few things. If you're a guy, consciousmenbrotherhood.com. If you, we have workshops for men and programs for men only. And then uh, bridgeexperience.com which is the workshops for men and women that my wife and I do all around the world. And then if you just type in Preston Smiles on anything, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, I mainly operate on Instagram and YouTube. So uh, if you're on social media and you, you're looking to follow somebody, I may trigger you. <laughs> I do my best <laughs> to be as authentic as possible. And so it's very hard to box me into this one dimensional spiritual guy because I'm everything just like you are. And so, uh, yep. That's where you can find so, me. So you're a, a, a 10 or 15 year in this business, yep. 20 year overnight success. Exactly. Right. <laughs> um, a lot of people want to be like, kind of like you, a uh, successful mm -hmm. impact. And they think, I think they're delusional that it happens overnight. Mm -mm. Tell, tell us a little bit about how long you've been at this and what the ramp up has been to be at a place where you, you know, you mentioned what you're earning now and the impact you're having. I think it's, it might be nice for people to understand that and get real around that, man. It's absolutely. Work. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people have, cause I have, um, I created something for coaches in particular for this very reason, uh, called Kaboom coaching. Um, and so it's kaboomcoaching.com and I help coaches create more clarity, confidence, and cash flow in their coaching business. But what I explained to them is that there's two different paths. Right? There's a path of just being a coach, having an impact, making money, and doing your thing. And then there's the path of being a thought leader influencer who happens to coach. I started out as somebody who was strictly here to just coach and support with the gifts that I got. And then I realized that I was called here for something bigger. Uh, not that that's not big enough, but it's just more, I have more to me in this lifetime than just that. And 
I remind people, and this is one of the reasons why I leave up all my terrible videos on YouTube and things like that, is, is you need the awkward stage. Like people try to skip the teenage years and they don't want the pimples and they don't want the squeaky voice, but that's needed and very necessary. Mm -hmm. They want to go from just starting to top of the mountain. And I discourage people all the time from, because people, coaches come in and they're like, Hey, I want a Bali retreat and I want a mastermind and I want this and I want that. And I want to be like this person. I'm like, do you understand that? First of all, you have no audience. Second, anybody can get lucky once or twice. Right to have something happen thirty times in a row is a whole other ball game, and it's become very trendy. And the internet is kind of like the wild, wild west. And I feel like that's coming to an end. Actually, I think that what will happen is, as the economy sort of dips and changes, uh, people will stop just trusting in any person who says that they can do X, Y, and Z. Uh, this whole this. Uh, my, my, all right, this is what I'll say. My life is about mastery. My life is about being a black belt and then starting all over again. And then being a black belt and then starting all over again. Not because I, I want to be famous, but because I actually love the process. I love humans and I love supporting people and breaking through. Mm -hmm. And so if that's not what you're up to, if you don't actually love all of the minutia and the details and the, the ugly stuff, you won't be around for long. And I've seen so many people come and go in this industry who were, you know, quote unquote, overnight successes that as soon as the trend changed, everything changed with them and they couldn't stick around. And so if you're really, really wanting to, to take your business and your life to the next level, sign up for it to be 10 years, yeah. not, not one. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I've watched, um, you know, your growth and success and I've done your, some of your events, uh, the bridge experiment, bridge experiment, is it? Experience. Yes. Experience. Yeah. And I've watched you deliver in a way that touched my heart. Like you're present, you're present to impact. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in the personal development space mm -hmm. and I can't say that about everybody. Yep. And there's a lot of slick people out there that make it sound really shiny and they, yep. make, they make a ton of money. Um, but then eventually their character and their identity reveals itself and things move on. So yep. I've been very reassured and happy to watch your consistent gradual progress and impact and uh, the sustainability while you became a father and yeah. while you continue to maneuver around that. So Thank you for saying yes to this podcast because uh, you're a force for good. And I consider you a dear friend, even though we don't spend a lot of time together, but I think on some level I get you as a brother. So thank Absolutely. you so much, Preston Smiles, Absolutely. for joining us today. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Rod. All right. God bless. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to be Rock's private VIP mastermind guest. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.